Hello, and welcome to the Selling St. Pete podcast, your go-to resource for all things real estate and all things St. Pete. I'm your host, Nicole Sanchez. Hello, and welcome to the Selling St. Pete podcast. My guest today is Tracy Bear with North Shore Insurance, and on this episode, we are going to be talking about insurance. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me today. Absolutely. Um, Before we get started, I'd love for you to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, I'd be happy to. Um, My husband and I have owned North Shore Insurance. Our anniversary of 10 years is this month, November. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. And we're very excited to help all of our customers in the local area. Um, We're here 18 years now, so I feel almost like a partial native. (laughs) And uh, we're loving to be a resource to answer any questions anybody in the area has with regards to insurance. Awesome. And what made you get into the insurance business? Ironically, our background, both my husband and mine, uh, was mortgage financing. And as we know, in the 2008-9, we had a huge crash in that area. So we actually reinvented ourselves. And it was a natural progression because it still is in the real estate realm of the real estate transactions. It's a vital component for customers buying their homes, so we just switch hats from mortgages to insurance. Absolutely. And are you, what type of insurance, homeowners obviously, do you go outside of homeowners or do you focus on homeowners? That's a great question, thanks. We're considered property casualties, so okay. we will really help the consumer with their auto, flood insurance, renter's insurance. We do help small business owners with their insurances and um, renters and homeowners. So we try to run the gamut of everybody in the local market. Outstanding. Um, So today we're gonna be talking about insurance and I thought it was important to do so for a few reasons. Um, For most people, their home is their largest asset and you wanna make sure that you have proper coverage. Absolutely. Um, Particularly if storms come through the area or you know you have any sort of disaster with your home you want to make sure you're going to be able to replace the items that you're that are lost Um, and something that you told me 30% of flood claims are made by customers that are not in a special hazard flood area or AE a flood zone Exactly. Um, and I know that we saw that a lot in Houston when Hurricane Harvey went through, there were a number of people that lost homes that weren't in flood zones and and therefore didn't have or didn't think they needed flood um, insurance. And so I think that that really raised um, awareness and questions for sure. And it's one of those situations where you really don't want to leave it to the very end to deal with. Um, Being proactive is key in this area because for those consumers that are not in a special flood hazard zone, they um, have a 30-day wait period before a flood policy will go into effect. And they also have the most affordable insurance available. So typically for $480 a year, you can get a premium um, 
for flood insurance with maximum coverage. It's 250 for your dwelling, 100,000 for personal property. And unfortunately, we've received a lot of those calls, you know, a day or two before mm -hmm. the flood's gonna come, and unfortunately, we can't help them, right. and we encourage them to still go ahead and get it, because while you're in hurricane season, this may not be the one we can insure you for, but there may be a few others behind that you would be insured for. So yeah. um, definitely strike before the hurricanes are coming. Absolutely. We, we certainly don't get a 30-day window notice <laughs> when those storms come through, even though it feels like it sometimes with how the meteorologists cover storms nowadays. <laughs> so, true. Um, so true. But, you know, for $480, I think it's certainly worth you know, having that peace of mind. Absolutely. Um, and one nice change, some of the insurance carriers are actually offering to include flood insurance for even a lower premium than that if you are not in a flood zone. So, you know, there are a lot of new options some of you out there may not be aware of that are available. So I would say now's the time to explore what your choices can be. So the FEMA policies are the 480 a year for people that are in an X. Yes. And does that also include X500? Yes. Okay. And then uh, private insurers are also offering policies that are below that 480. Yes. They can be uh, a little less than that, a couple hundred dollars cheaper. And there's an insurance carrier that for only a hundred dollars more will include flood insurance in their homeowner policies oh, wow. if you qualify based on location. So those are some newer products that not everybody may be available, uh, familiar with. Yeah, that's great, especially because I know there are new flood maps out. Yes. And um, if you are not in a flood zone, but you're going to be, it's imperative to get a policy now before those maps are confirmed, and then you can be grandfathered in at the lower premium, correct? Definitely. Yes, that's the, exactly. Yeah. All right, so we're going to talk about um, homeowners uh, insurance um, from both a buying perspective and for people who are current homeowners and, and already have their policies. Um, why don't we start with people going through the purchasing process? Okay. Um, last week, on last week's episode, we talked about the home inspection and how a part of that for people whose homes are maybe over 25 years of age or condos are over 40 years yeah. of age, they will want to get a four-point inspection. And we talked through what the four-point inspection does. So how does an insurance company take that information and process it when they're putting together a customer's premium? That's an excellent question. Really, the four point is known as the eligibility report. So it's like a report card per se on the house. It tells us and the insurance companies what the age of the components are for the roof, electric, plumbing, and heating systems are, what remaining life is left, because the last thing they want is somebody coming into a house that has no life remaining on a roof, which means potential leaks or damage that could take place. And so that will dictate who the insurance companies will be for the customer based on the four point, which companies will accept the information, which ones will not. Okay, and um, what happens if you are buying a home and you have a section where the four point fails? 
Excellent question. We see that quite frequently. Um, due to the age of the homes, obviously, in our area, there's usually something that may need a little tweaking. Um, so for an example, we've had recently a couple come um, to us that had a roof that needed replacing. The seller wasn't willing to do that before closing, but they were willing to put money in escrow for the buyer to do that. So essentially, we just talk to the underwriters and the insurance companies, see if we can get an exception to still insure the property as is now with the fact that the roof is going to be going on right after closing. Usually we get a contract for the roofing company showing that it is signed by both parties, the roof company, the buyer, and hopefully a start date because usually the insurance carriers do send out their own inspectors within 30 days of closing. So we do have some leniency depending on what it is mm -hmm. with certain companies. Um, if it's a very extensive work in all areas that maybe a, a big rehab needs to be done, there's another company we use that allows that type of work to be done with a 12-month insurance policy. So we really just need to know what is the situation to best insure the property. Okay. And I know, for example, there are a number of electric panels that companies either won't insure or that you have to pay a higher premium for. So if a buyer is buying one, they have one of those panels, Federal Pacific or mm -hmm. Sylvania, um, and the seller's not going to replace it, and it may take a buyer six months to replace, what would you recommend in that instance? Well, the good news is they're still insurable. So it really just limits the number of insurance companies that are willing to write that insurance. Um, so we find that we can still typically write a policy as long as everything else is usually in good working order on the four point. And then that gives the customer the time frame to uh, replace the panel and then that would open up new opportunities for insurance at that time for the buyer. We do have some customers that will ask if we can get exceptions with the insurance carriers and I have one right now where as long as we get the contract from an electrician showing the panel's going to be replaced, we have it being done within the first week or two after closing, they're going to be okay with that happening. So okay. depending on the scenario and the time frame, mm -hmm. we can work out different scenarios. Okay, great. Um, when buying a home, can you talk through prepaid cost insurance and um, or prepaid costs and how that relates to insurance? Because I know some buyers that's been surprising. They're like, why am I paying $1,800 for this? Yes, it can be a big expense at the closing table if they're not told up front the whole process. So usually what we find is most mortgage lenders do require escrowing of taxes and insurance. So what that means is for the insurance, the whole 12-month premium would need to be paid at closing. Some of the customers aren't really um, understanding that until we talk to them. And so that is a big uh, money out of pocket for them but the good news is when they have their mortgage payment their first mortgage payment usually what that means is one twelfth of their insurance premium is now going to be added to that so come 
the end of their first year of making mortgage payments, they will have already accumulated the full premium for their lender to pay year two. So really it's just the first year that they're out of pocket in the full premium. And then after that, it's easily worked into their mortgage on a monthly basis and there are no more big payments for an annual premium to be paid. Um, there are some lenders that actually still allow customers to pay their own insurance and if that's the case then the customer has more flexibility with payment options quarterly semi-annual something along those lines okay and insurance and taxes sort of work in opposite ways where insurance you're paying ahead and taxes you're paying in arrears exactly yeah. enough to confuse everybody <laughs> exactly um, how often would you recommend a customer to get a quote for their insurance um, great question. We would normally say on an annual basis. I know at our office one thing that we do is we make an effort to call all of our customers to set up a review with their policies on their anniversary or right before so they can come in and meet with us and meet in person. We can schedule 30 minutes or an hour on the phone to go through everything. So minimally on an annual basis, but if there's something life-changing that happens prior to, then certainly at that time, um, you know, if there's going to be an addition going on to the house that they want to insure, um, any changes in ownership. We find sometimes people no longer live in the property. They've turned it into a rental, but they haven't told us. So that can expose them if it's not insured properly. So anytime there's a change pertaining to the house would be a great time to call your insurance agent. Okay. What about additions to the family if you're expanding your family? That could be a great one for life insurance, you know, um, as if the house is a big asset, it's also probably one of your biggest expenses too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, now would be the time if you have additional family members to make sure you protect your assets mm -hmm. with life insurance. Nobody ever wants to think about worst case scenario, but unfortunately we have seen that yeah. and you still want your family to be protected and live the lifestyle that they have now and life insurance would be a great way to do that. Okay. Um, how, let's see, in addition to the four point, what information is used by the insurance company to determine a customer's premium? Um, that would be a wind mitigation report and that is not a required report, although we really highly recommend all of our customers get that done because it's the only insurance form that can be used to identify any discounts on the home. And there are seven sections on that report and we usually find there's at least one savings for our customers in uh, the wind mitigation reports that we get. So um, that's a great way to take care of a new roof that might have been put on the house. You get a discount if it was March 2002 or later. Um, the older homes have what's known as dimensional lumber, thicker lumber on the roofs that you get discounts. And so um, we literally had a customer that when they put a new roof on, they also put hurricane clips in. And although that might have cost an extra $2,000 to do that, it saved them $1,600 a year in premium. Wow. So in just the first year and a half, they've already paid yeah. for it with the savings. So we, before you put a new roof on, call your insurance company, find out what else you may be able to do while you have a new roof going on that could, again, give you as many discounts as possible. 
Yeah, we had talked about opening protection yes. and that, you know, it's an all or nothing discount. So if you're putting on a new roof, you already have impact windows, but you don't have a garage door, you may want to go ahead and add that garage door at that time, and then you qualify for opening protection. What kind of discount are we talking about with opening protection? I'm glad you asked. We actually just had a customer call us and she has the same scenario where everything but her garage door is not opening protected. And so with her doing that, and she's halfway through her policy, her savings just for six months is $580. Wow. So it can be substantial. Again, if you can keep it airtight so you have less damage done through a hurricane, the insurance company is going to reward you mm -hmm. for minimizing damage to your home. So anything along those lines, it's really a great savings for you. Absolutely. Um, and... A lot of people now work remotely or work from home. Um, what coverage would you recommend for people who um, have a home-based business? Excellent question. Usually being a business, you want to make sure you have liability um, under your business uh, name because that is going to protect you in a situation, um, anything pertaining to your business. Also, it's important to know when you're writing your homeowner's policy. That is a huge question on the application. They ask if you're gonna be running a business out of your house. Some insurance companies are okay with that, some are not. So if you are not letting the insurance company know you're gonna run a business and there's an accident and they had no idea you're running a business, you could risk not having a claim paid or being canceled for your insurance. So those are things you don't want to encounter. Um, so really just being upfront with what your use of the property is going to be will allow your agent to properly insure you from the start. Okay. And I know that you had talked about, you know, different types of coverage if you're remodeling a home. I would imagine some of that has to do with making sure the people you hire are properly covered. And if they're not, well, I don't know why you would not want to hire someone that's not properly covered, but possibly thinking about adding liability during a remodel to make sure that nothing's going to come back on you as the homeowner if there's an accident. Absolutely. I think that's key if you are hiring people. I know it's such a busy market, it's hard to find people that mm -hmm. are available to do some work, so sometimes you may get licensed or unlicensed people doing it. Mm -hmm. If they have somebody on their team, a worker that gets injured and they don't have any liability insurance, they're going to now turn around to you. And so um, as an extra option with some of the insurance carriers, you can increase your liability, personal liability, which is for injury to others. Um, so you really would want your first point of defense to be the contractor mm -hmm. to show you a copy of his insurance, which is a typical process they do. Mm -hmm. uh, make sure he has usually a million dollars or what they carry or more. And then that way you can feel secured that that would be in place. First, worst case, 
you could always bump your coverage from 100,000 to 300 or 500 even, and it's very inexpensive, usually 30 to $50 a year to double or triple your coverage. So those are some things to be proactive in doing too. So when you're hiring a, a contractor, you're wanting to check that they have the proper coverage, and you said you know typically a million dollars is sort of the standard coverage. Yes. Should you also ask about do they cover subcontractors? or ask about what other questions would you recommend customers do in their due diligence of hiring? I would those? definitely ask that. You may want to you know, ask if they have any personal references too. Um, you know, the internet's a really good place. You may want to even put their name into Google search, Better Business Bureau, um, because unfortunately it only takes a few that aren't on the up and up to give everybody else a bad name sometimes. Right. Um, so I would definitely make sure that they are covered, their insurance covers them for subcontractors. Those are key because those people typically are usually under the umbrella of the contractor for those types of um, insurances. And if the uh, contractor doesn't have it and then your subcontractor doesn't have it, then you, the homeowner, are going to be yeah, on, the, on hook. the hook. Okay. Um, can you explain the difference between actual cash value versus replacement cost policies? Yes, um, good question. So usually for most of the policies that are the regular homeowner or condo policies, they do come with uh, replacement value for the, the structure. So the personal property is where you usually have a choice between cash value or replacement coverage. So the difference would be replacement coverage means your furniture in your home, you went out and you went to Macy's and you bought it and it was $25,000 to furnish your home. So if you had a claim to file, they would come out, the adjuster, and value everything and maybe it's 30000 in today's market to replace. You would get the current retail value to replace your items as like items and as well, up to your policy limit of course. Um, with the cash value in that same example it still may cost you 30000 to replace all your items but it is going to include depreciation. So maybe your sofa is five years old, your dining room table is ten, they're going to factor in depreciation. So instead of giving you 30000 you may get 18000 okay. So they'll still give you a value for your personal property, but it may not be at the dollar-to-dollar -dollar retail value. And it's very similar to a car. You know, the moment you drive it off the lot, you start depreciating the value. Just think of your furniture the same way, or your personal property. I would imagine then that um, the the actual cost value would be a cheaper premium than the replacement? It is. Because of it that? It typically is. There are some instances, though, depending on the insurance company, I can find maybe one that will offer replacement costs within $100 or lower than a premium with cash value. So that's why, again, it's good to shop mm -hmm. because all the numbers will give you the best way to decide what one what program's gonna be uh, meeting your needs the best. Awesome. Um, what are the most popular exclusions that you see when writing policies? Um, well, the number one is water exclusion. So a lot of people may not know this, but usually when a home hits 40 years or greater, 
a lot of the insurance carriers are going to exclude water coverage or minimally limit it. So it's known as a water exclusion and you can what they call buy it back or add it back to the policy with a $10,000 limit. So what that means is if you had a water claim, the $10,000 would be the maximum payout you would get. And with um, some companies, if you have certain types of piping, like a galvanized pipe, they will exclude all water coverage and then they'll do their own inspection. And as long as the piping is in good working order, they will allow you to add the $10,000 of water coverage back. If it is not, you may totally have water excluded from the policy. So not a lot of people know that those are exclusions out there and that does separate some of the insurance companies because some give you full water coverage to your dwelling value, which is great. Some make you use their vendors to get that full water coverage and some limit you to 10,000. So I would say, especially with water claims being number one reason for uh, insurance carrier claims filed, mm -hmm. that that's a big one to make sure you understand what your policy is giving you. Yeah, and I would say two things about that. One, when you are having um, a home inspection, in particular if your home is older, and we have a lot of older homes here in St. Pete, we do. that you may want to spend a couple extra hundred dollars to scope the, the plumbing in the home to see, you know, is there any corrosion, are there any places that look like they may fail, and get ahead of that. Um, but also, the city of St. Pete City Council is trying to push through um, an act that would, legislation that would require homeowners to be responsible for changing the plumbing that runs from the, the connection between the main sewer line and the property. And that can cost several thousand dollars okay. when doing that. Um, I know that there's a hearing November 7th, the second hearing on that. Uh, piece of legislation. So they're talking about um, having a partnership with the city that would provide grants to help offset some of those costs. Um, but I, I know it all ties into the sewer lines and the, the, the historical issues that the city has had with water and plumbing and you know, trying to replace old plumbing lines. It, it can be very costly. I think Tampa was going through that too, and it's millions of dollars. And um, we in St. Pete do have a lot of older homes with cast iron, and they rust from the inside out or galvanized. That does the same thing. And it can be a big problem if you, you have those types of issues and a big expense and not all insurance companies are covering it. They're looking at what's in your house for coverage, so that can be a huge question mark of who's responsible. Right. And if the city isn't going to want to be responsible, that's gonna be an extra expense for homeowners. So I say everyone go on the 7th. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then um, we also talked with Brian Brown a, a couple of episodes ago about home warranties. And the number one claim for home warranties is also plumbing. Mm -hmm. He thought it would be ACs. He was surprised to see that it was plumbing. 
So, you know, both from a home inspection or uh, home insurance and home warranty perspective, the number one claim is water. That's interesting. It doesn't take uh, old pipes. I hear even the new construction homes have had a lot of water uh, claims, according to some of our insurance carriers that I've spoken to. So nobody is immune, unfortunately, from it. So what are the areas in the four-point with plumbing that would cause it to fail? Since water is the number one claim, what should people look out for? Well, we usually... They now, on the four-point, have a whole list of different types of plumbing. And they are looking at all of your appliances that they didn't used to. So about a year ago, the form was updated. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it's because of the way the claims have come in, what caused the claims. But they're looking at your dishwasher, your refrigerator, water heater. you know, you need to look at how old are some of these items in your house. I'll let you know that water heaters are now having about a 15-year life to them. Some companies just change guidelines where they will not insure your house if your water heater is over 15 years old. And so obviously, again, the older they get, the corrosion happens. I myself had my own water heater explode in the middle of the night, but luckily it was outside. But I can imagine if I had 40 gallons on my hardwood floors, the damage that I would have sustained would have been pretty monumental. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens. Um, So, you know, you can go to a tankless water heater. And so some of the options available, you can get the home warranties to where you do have coverage on your appliances. And if they don't work, you can get those changed out sooner and maybe help with the expenses so they don't wait until they totally are out of life where they can really cause damage. You can keep up with better maintenance on those items. Um, But definitely look at the types of pipes too. Um, There have been some polybutylene has been known to uh, fail and those had been used in newer construction homes in the 90s and 2000s. So those are harder to insure types of plumbing. The galvanized will limit you also with who will insure you. Um, And so it's really good to know also has the house been partially or entirely repiped as you had mentioned. Um, I'm finding more customers are actually taking care of the the plumbing to the city uh, sewage line as well just to be on the safe side. So you definitely want to know what your information is on the four point because your inspector is going to highlight what the concerned areas are mm-hmm. and to maybe replace a $600 water heater to avoid $6,000 of damage mm-hmm. is going to be well worth it. Yeah well and I had my own issue with water a couple of days ago with my air handler just leaking large amounts of water and a, a couple of months ago negatively impacting the um, person that lives in the townhome underneath me. So, you know, we talked about a few simple things that you might want to do to keep those, that water flowing and, and stop it from having backups and Absolutely. Air handlers, we have a client right now who had um, a claim because of an air handler overflow, and that is very common, and probably being proactive is one of the best things for that. Um, they do have a shutoff valve, but we've had clients that have had failures with those and overflowed on their hardwood floors as well and caused major damage. So as you change your water or air filters, you can also put some Clorox or vinegar down your drain lines to make sure it's open. 
Um, a lot of air handlers are on second floors, and poor Nicole knows firsthand <laughs> the damage it can cause. Yeah. And you know, proactive measures can save a lot. Even mm -hmm. they say with your washing machine um, connector lines, um, change those mm -hmm. every couple of years. The nylon the type hoses. of hoses that connect, you know, to the water because again, everything wears out. Mm -hmm. They all everything has a shelf life. So I know you may want to try to get extra year here and extra year there, but keep in mind what that extra year could possibly do if it fails right. in your house. Absolutely. Um, what are endorsements? Good question. So there are endorsements or options, extra options that are available with most insurance carriers. Um, one, for example, could be a personal property um, writer or scheduled personal property where somebody has some jewelry pieces, maybe a diamond ring, a Rolex watch, worth a certain value, 10000 or more, and instead of having a customer go to get a separate jewelry policy, you find that it may be easier to just include it on the homeowner policy, and I recently had a customer who has about a $12,000 diamond ring for his wife. We were able to uh, shop it around and found you know the price ranges was two to four hundred dollars to add it on to the insurance policy so obviously for two hundred dollars it was a very affordable way to get the coverage that he wanted and keep it all in one policy you can also um, do extra coverages for um, your home you can insure it for 25 percent over and above what the current dwelling value is um, also, there are some ordinance and law coverages where with older homes, a lot of times they will come with 10% coverage. You can increase it to 25 or even 50. I just recently had a customer want it to be 50%. Wow. So that way, if her house was totaled, she had to rebuild it, she would have an extra 50% of her dwelling value to do so to meet the current building codes, which is a smart way to look at it so you don't have to come out of pocket in a situation maybe with extra money on your own to rebuild the house to current day yeah. guidelines. Absolutely. Um, what kind of insurance policy, we have a lot of vacation homes and second homes um, or even people that live here you know, six months of the year and um, what kind of insurance policy would you recommend if you're only you know, occupying a property for part of the year? Um, well, I certainly still recommend insuring it. Um, and it can be known as a second home or a seasonal insurance policy. We find that um, they're easily available by the insurance carriers. They do want to know how many times you plan on visiting over a 12-month period. They actually have a calendar January through through December and you're going to check the boxes for the, the times that they're going to come to visit which will dictate the pricing on the policy as well. I also find that even if people think it's going to be a second home, I always ask the question, are you planning on renting it? Because in their mind, they're going to use it, but they may rent it also for some of the months they're not here and that is key because you want to make sure the property is coded correctly on the insurance side, again to protect you in case you have a claim to file. So there are daily, weekly, monthly, and you know three-month rental 
pre, uh, requirements that a lot of these associations have. So we need to know what is the minimum period that this property will be rented because there are insurance policies for those types of rental periods. But it's now not a second home. If the moment you have a tenant in there for any period of time, if they cause any damage or there's a loss, and the insurance carrier finds out you had a tenant in there and you have it coded as a second home, that's not matching. Mm -hmm. So they could certainly decline to pay the claim or they could cancel you as well. So you don't want to have that happen. The whole point of insurance is to cover you in these situations. So if um, you're talking to someone and they're not asking these questions, make sure that you properly tell them every intent you have with the property mm -hmm. so you have the proper coverage. And by tenant, would the definition be if you are getting money in order to, you know, to allow someone to stay in your home versus having extended family stay in the property but they're not paying you anything? Correct. Usually a family member, let's say a son's going to, you know, come visit, that's under really the, the second home, they're not renting it to a third party. Okay. Anytime you have a third party that isn't in your immediate family is usually when you do want to have that extra that coverage. Extra coverage. Okay. Um, and for people that may inherit a home following the death of a family member, and um, you know they think, well, it's vacant. You know, we don't need to cover it. Um, there are vacant home policies, correct? Absolutely, and that's a typical one we, we find in that exact example. You wanna make sure your, your dwelling, your home is still insured, um, as well as liability. Those are the two key insurances because usually you're gonna want somebody to sell the property for you, like Nicole, and as she's having customers come through an open house on the weekend, I hear stories, people trip and fall, they injure themselves, and they're going to turn to the homeowner to hopefully pay for some of the damages if it gets to that point. Mm -hmm. And if you have no insurance to cover you in that, that's coming out of your pocket. So there are policies designed exactly for that situation. And usually it's a short-term policy. So you're only going to pay for a couple of months until your you know, home settles. Mm -hmm. And so it's well worth the coverage versus not. Mm -hmm. And... Um, we are, you know, we have hurricane season here, about six months of the year. When a named storm is approaching, um, what recommendations do you have for customers to prepare for that from an insurance perspective? Um, well, I would say a couple of things. If you are already in your house, I would do an uptake of um, a revisit of every item in your, your home and take a video go room to room, you can take pictures with your phones these days, it's very easy to capture all the items in your house. Because God forbid there's damage sustained, the easiest way to help out a claims adjuster is to show them exact pictures of your items so it's much easier for them to go through writing up all the items that might have been lost in, in the situation. Um, also, I find a lot of customers panic and give us a phone call that, oh my gosh, I want flood insurance. And a lot of people don't realize that if you're not in a special flood hazard zone and don't require to carry it, uh, there is a 30-day wait in order to get it. And so, unfortunately, I've had a lot of people calling saying, oh my gosh, you know, I want to get flood insurance today. 
and I would love to give them insurance today, but that isn't always going to happen. And so we still encourage them to get it today so they will have insurance for you know the remaining term of, of the year because you never know what might happen. And flood isn't, as we mentioned earlier, just from a hurricane. It can be water backup from a heavy rainstorm. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, you don't want to be caught without it when you need it. And it's the worst feeling to hope that everything's okay instead of knowing right. everything is okay. And when you're going through the buying process, you want to make sure that it's bound because otherwise that can hold up your ability to purchase the property. Very true, and that's an excellent point, Nicole, because with the purchase process, a lot of times your closing may not take place for two more weeks, so a lot of times I'm not even in the picture for finalizing insurance yet. And now all of a sudden, what the uh, process should be is, hey, let's get the insurance bound today. Even though I'm closing November 15th, I wanna make sure that if a hurricane comes and insurance can't be written, I already have my policy in place so my, my closing still takes place on time. There's usually no money out of pocket to bind a homeowner policy, so there's really no downside. You know, go ahead and bind the policy. Worst case, if something doesn't take place, you can cancel it and there's no money out of the customer's pocket. With flood insurance through the National Flood Program, they do want payment to bind the policy. You can pay with a credit card. So God forbid, again, let's say something happens, transaction doesn't go through, you get a refund. But I find that people wait to the very last minute until it's where we're not able to write insurance. There, there's that cone, and once the cone is within a certain percentage of the coastline, all insurance carriers stop writing insurance. So don't be caught that, you know, in that scenario. Um, be proactive right. again. Right. And what is the best, when would you recommend binding insurance for people that are going through the home buying process? I would say every scenario can be different, but I would think the sooner the better. Usually what I find for disclosure purposes, the banks have to disclose all of their final numbers three days prior to closing minimally but most lenders want their underwriters to have time to review the final information. So minimally a week to 10 days before closing, I find is what seems to be the best way to handle getting your binders because this gives your bank the time frame to get it through their final closing system and then there's no panic. And you know the nice part about the insurance policies is most everything can be changed at any time. Mm -hmm. So you know we can do that before, during, and after closing. But binders, you want to make sure you get done as soon as possible because that will keep your your policy or your um, file flow. Okay. And do you, is there anything that I missed? Anything that you think would be important for consumers to know? Um, I would say it's important to know what you have right now for your insurance. Um, shop, you know, do, do an update of what's available in the market. As everything changes these days, insurance carriers take increases at different times for their policies. So if you just accepted a, a renewal with an increase, it's time to shop and see what might be out there. We have um, two customers, as a matter of fact, that we just reshopped their policy, saved one $600, $800 by doing nothing more than looking to see what other insurance companies, what 
offerings they had and we still gave them great coverage so there was nothing that changed there and actually one had more coverage wow. for a lower premium so I would say it's important to take a look and make sure you're actually insured at the current value because the pricing has increased so dramatically and the cost per square foot has gone up we find a lot of customers may be underinsured okay. because if they bought their house 10 years ago, insurance carriers do renew their dwelling values and increase them accordingly, but not all of them are keeping up. So again, you don't want to be caught where you're not insured properly, and if you have a claim, you want to be paid and made full. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say just make sure that you know the options out there. We're always here to be a resource. If anyone has any questions, we happily you know, shop all of the policies and let the customers know what's available and explain the differences. A lot of people don't know in looking at their policies if they have full water coverage or $10,000 maximum coverage. So if you don't know, ask. That's mm -hmm. what we're here for. You know, you need to make sure you feel comfortable with what you have too. Right. Is there any risk um, of getting a policy with say an off-brand insurance company versus a, a company that someone may be well-known? The risk comes with the claims payout. So I can tell you two years ago with Irma, we only represent A-plus rated companies on the demo tech rating scale, and that's for the reason knowing that they are here, they're able to pay out claims, and they have a good customer service process. There was one carrier wasn't returning our calls, wasn't returning our customers' calls. And if you look back, you know, maybe they saved you $100 over another customer's um, insurance premium, but you know, it, when it comes down to the bottom line, your policy is here to protect you and to pay you out. And if you can't get any communication to do that, it's not a good situation for anybody. So we firsthand have experienced, you know, all of the carriers claims process and so we can educate you as a consumer that even though this may be $50 or $100 less, it's really not worth it in the event you have to file a claim because it could be months before anything gets resolved. Yeah. Well, if someone wants to get a hold of you to ask additional questions or to get a quote um, on their policy, what's the best way to reach you? Sure. Uh, you can call our office. It's 727 896 5165 or you can call my cell directly it's on 24-7-727-542-3351 we're happy to answer anyone's questions well Tracy thank you so much this was a, a load of great information for prospective buyers and current homeowners and a way to protect their largest asset so I really appreciate your time today well thanks for having me Nicole I really appreciate it Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you can listen to future episodes. And if you have a show topic that you'd like to share with me or have a real estate related question that you'd like to ask, I'd love to hear it. You can call or text me at 719-201-5022 or you can reach me via email at Nicole at SellingStPetefl.com. That's N-I-C-O-L-E at S-E-L-L-I-N-G 
S-T-P-E-T-E-F-L.com. Thank you.